A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we are going to be focusing a lot of attention on weather around Wisconsin starting today and really continuing through the end of the week. Morning, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Glad you're along with us. Of course, Stumach, our ag meteorologist, will be holding our hand, getting us through this next round of wild weather, which could start as soon as today. 24 is our expected high today under cloudy skies, tonight down to 18. Then everything turns bitterly cold and very dangerous. Thursday, we'll see a daytime high around 26. 90% chance of snow, and with the wind chills, we are going to get some bitterly, bitterly cold conditions. Friday, no better than two above with a minus five overnight. Like I said, that does not factor in wind chills. Saturday on Christmas Eve. A six, the best we'll see as far as daytime highs, minus six in overnight lows on Saturday going into Christmas morning. I think the bigger issue we're worried about, how much snow are we going to get out of that storm? We'll talk about it with Stu Muck coming up. So I do love to entertain during the holidays, and I'll tell you what, I start my shopping at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Their retail location, corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitch Road Road in Fitchburg, or open 24 hours a day, seven days a week online, BavariaSausage.com. Now, I'll tell you what, if you're just into putting out dip and chips for entertainment, I understand, but boy, if you want to take it up a notch, visit with Judy and the crew at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. That charcuterie board that you're putting together will come alive with flavor. The old world flavor featured at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen in all of their meats. They've got all those aged cheeses that you want to feature, and I'll tell you what, great conversation starter and wonderful on the tongue, all the authentic old world German chocolates that are available only at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Come on, this holiday season, take it up a notch. Start shopping at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. The Tamandel Family Farm in northwestern Wisconsin started in 1998 with just 80 acres and 40 cows. Although Joe and Christy had both grown up on dairy farms, they struck out on their own. They made a choice at the time to do things a little differently. While many were building free stalls and bringing cows in from pasture, the Tamandel family decided to lean into grazing cows. Since that time, they've not only built their farm up, they've built a blueprint for successful grazing that they've replicated. They've also built a program to help others learn dairy farming on a grazing based platform. Their work has led them to be selected as the 2022 Leopold Conservation Award winners. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. Joe, share with me the history of your farm and where you are today. Sure. So my wife and I started dairying in 98. So we just started on a, on a modest 80-acre farm. The barn hadn't even seen cows for about six years. Basically, it was a profile of the, of the farm that we were able to afford with the equity that was a small amount of equity that we had 
built up before then. So we came onto the farm with about 35 cows, 35, 40 cows, and a bunch of used fence, actually. We started grazing cows uh, on this dairy. You know, managed grazing, you know, allowed us to get started with very low investment and a lot of overhead. So that's one reason why it was so appealing to us is we got started in 1998 uh, with these modest facilities. We could take the small amount of equity we had and invest it in the cattle. And if we did a good job with the cows, obviously they would appreciate and we'd have more cows. That's really how we got our toehold into dairying is by utilizing managed grazing in a, in a low overhead model and plenty of sweat equity. But we did also see it from the get-go that this was something that we liked from an environmental type of standpoint too. Is this the kind of dairying that you were used to growing up? I grew up on a managed grazing dairy that got started kind of in the 80s. So I really was able to you know witness firsthand you know just kind of the relationships with the cattle and the soil and the land and the fields and, and even the wildlife around it. And a lot of it just kind of worked together, you know, take as much you know, capital and overhead to make it all work. Just allowing these systems that were designed to work with each other to work, work with each other. Eventually your farm grew, right? You didn't stay at 80 acres and 40 cows. As the farm grew, uh, we did start building up the herd. We made some infrastructure changes. You know, we added in a parlor. We added on some different housing and, and bedded pack type of housing. And when we hit about 150 cows uh, on the farm, we became a bit more seasonal also. And there's about 320 acres that was grazable. My wife and I were looking at this and saying, okay, now how, how do we invest? How do we keep investing in this farm? And uh, what are the next steps for it? Traditionally, as a dairy person uh, looks at investing in their farm, they say, okay, we're going to add on more cows or we'll double it. That was an option. As we looked at this in 2009, 2010, we could double this farm and, and take 300 cows on this 320 acres, and we could invest in more facilities and infrastructure and manure storage and, and et cetera, et cetera, uh, and dump the cows. You know, that model would have penciled out you know, financially. We would have had 300 cows on, on the 300 acres. We still would have been pulling grass into them, you know, not as much of a percentage of grass, but we would still be utilizing managed grazing. Uh, but then in all reality, the next age of investment, Investment, and these usually happen within the decade, you double it again. So doubling it again on that trajectory would put us to 600 cows, a lot less grass, a lot more infrastructure that we'd invest in. And then most likely by the end of our career, we'd invest in it, we'd probably double that herd again. And and there we'd be looking at our 1,200 cows. There wouldn't be any grass going into them. A lot of feed would be hauled in. A lot of manure would be would be hauled out. When we we're ready to retire, you know, this could be transitioned maybe to the next generation, but that's probably the last generation because you're looking at a lot of investment here and it would have to keep growing. And basically, our buyers would be very large ag uh, or, or other larger farms, and you'd have to probably sell it lock, stock, and barrel. So we didn't necessarily want to go that pathway because our secret to you know profitability or our you know our formula for profitability was the amount of dry matter we could get into these cows through grass and really try to reduce these feed costs. So back in 2010, rather than doubling our farm, we decided to duplicate it. And let's put up another system that would work like this where we could maximize the efficiency and intakes off of our grass uh, and pasture. So that's what we did. We had purchased another farm in 2010 with about 200 acres, and we converted that with conservation plan and, and series of lanes and fencing and water lines, and, and then we put some more infrastructure into it to handle 175 grazing cows. And then in 2020, we had purchased um, a third farm to do the basic same thing. That's kind of our mode of expansion and 
investing into dairy is duplicating. So some of your thought process on duplicating didn't just have to do with the today, but also the tomorrow, right? Some of the thoughts are we're able to really maximize the grass intake and the efficiencies of grazing. When we retire, we also feel that we have got independent farm units. So maybe we're milking a thousand cows someday. It may just be on five different units or four or five different units. So when it's time to retire, okay, can we can we sell these units independently? Uh, can a family move back into them because they're not overcapitalized and they're able to you know be afforded by by a family or a next generation? Duplicate does have some unique challenges, especially when it comes to labor. But you also saw the opportunity that having multiple farms grazing milk cows offered up. Tell me more about starting the Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship Program. Yeah, you know, really all these systems and, and the duplicating system, it is a different labor profile than a single location uh, because, I mean, you're really looking at milking time and just the profile of the day's worth of labor. We're really trying to set these up so you got, well, maybe three hours or so total total in the milking through the day. So we put in larger parlors, efficient ones, so that you basically have a point person or a family uh, that can run these, these farms. But then you maybe don't have as specialized of a labor profile where you've just got some individuals that are working on the cropping end and some individuals that are working on the cow health end and kind of piecing this out. We're almost really looking at these managers that are, you know, versed in a lot of areas on the farm. So it's a little bit more of the cross section of skills uh, that a farmer would need to have. So to be able to find those people, that's not something that you can really learn in a classroom. Uh, so we've basically taken a chapter out of the playbook of the guild and looked at it and said, you know what, this is really an, a hands-on learning type of a thing. And let's learn from the people that have been doing this for the years through experiential type of learning and create an apprenticeship type of format out of it. Uh, so this started in 2010. Also, we basically launched uh, in a partnership with the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards and through uh, National Institute of Food and Agriculture Beginning Farmer Grant, uh, we launched this dairy grazing apprenticeship. Uh, and, and surprisingly, at the time, it was the first registered apprenticeship in agriculture in the nation, and it got started here in Wisconsin. But really, that's how we look at, you know, identity identifying the next key people and managers, you know, within these dairies that can just flat grab onto one of these farms and uh, be well-versed in all aspects of the dairy, from the pastures to the soils to the crops to the cow health to even the facilities. So the unique way you're farming and the work you did to build out the apprenticeship program has brought you the honor of receiving this year's Leopold Conservation Award. Yeah, so we were just awarded the Leopold Conservation Award, which is uh, for us, it's just a real honor. Uh, it's a very humbling experience to to be just included in people that have nominated for this award, uh, as well as past award winners for basically conservation on private working lands and agricultural lands. Uh, so we were nominated by our Marathon County conservationist who had worked with us on you know through the years and putting the farm together and developing grazing plans and 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 the conservation profile on on the dairies. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a real you know honor for us uh, to be uh, selected 
uh, amongst this group of other farmers on, you know, recognized conservation. It's a bit of a stamp on the work that you've been doing, right? You know, this award, you, you never do it for the award. Uh, you know, we farm, you know, and, and as most farmers, and I'm not saying that we've got it all figured out. We've got the perfect model. We're always working at it. And as all farmers, we're always, you know, working at our management systems. And you're you're never, we're never done, I guess, in trying to improve. So, yes, it, it is. It's really nice to see it. It's a wonderful thing to, to be acknowledged, I guess. Feels good. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels good. It's a really, yeah, it's very gratifying to be acknowledged by peers, other leaders in agriculture, you know, for the work that we've been doing. But I think a lot of farms uh, need this acknowledgement, too, because it's, you know, as farmers, you know, we're all working you know, for the environment and, and working to improve. But particularly in our farms, as we look at this and uh, and you actually, and actually I go back into some of uh, uh, Eldo Leopold's <laughs> Sand County Almanac because uh, we received that book and I've, I'm familiar with it. And actually my mom gave it to us uh, probably about 20 years ago. So when you read back through it uh, and you just look at the principles of what he's talking about with the land ethic, uh, it is true. It is something that, you you know, we, as well as a lot of farmers, really try to live in taking into consideration not managing for just one element of the business and, and, and how the environment fits into it and how everything just kind of fits together. So it's, it's really a holistic type of way to, to look at the management of uh, this egg working lands uh, with the cattle and, and the environment and the soil and the water and, and the people and everything like that. So I think we've realized also that we're far from from being done. There's a lot of work that can that can always be built upon. That was Joe Tamandel. He and his wife, Christy, are the 2022 Leopold Conservation Award winners. You can find out more about the Tamandel family and the Leopold Award online at sandcountyfoundation.org. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You would never overpay for something if you knew you could get the product for much less elsewhere. Much like you wouldn't pay $6 a gallon for gas if the pump down the street was charging the fair market price of $4, would you? So why pay more than MSRP on your next Chevy truck? Bergstrom Chevrolet is a local, family-owned company that values your dollar as much as you do, so you never pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price. And Bergstrom has the inventory to fill your fleet or fix you up with a truck that's going to pull your toys. So go ahead, shop around, and compare that final cost. If the guys down the street are blowing smoke up your tailpipe, jacking up the price on their Chevy trucks stop by Bergstrom Chevrolet where you never get charged over MSRP there are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor to a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves they have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few. The proud. The Marines. 
Suite of Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't really matter what you do. Everybody in Wisconsin is going to be focused in on the weather, especially when you take a look at some of the details we're picking up. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, joining us for our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Wednesday. Yeah, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not just about Wisconsin. This rascal of a storm is racing all across the United States. It is. And you look at warnings, advisories, watches and the like, and they cover Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois. Everybody's under some kind of a a watch warning or advisory here as we make our way on through the end of this week. So we have to pay attention to what's going on and what's going to change with the weather. I mean, we're going to talk about high pressure yet today. That's the reason it stays a little breezy, not bad, a little sunshine. Boy, it doesn't seem like things are going wrong. But low pressures out in the west, the system out in the Idaho area, And, of course, we're seeing snow falling and being pushed on through the Dakotas into western Minnesota already this morning. Nothing heavy, just some snow getting rolling, what we expect to see around this time of the year. Warm, moist air is going to build in between the high-pressure system just pushing to our east and the low that's building in from the west. And that's why I expect the snow to intensify as it gets colder and we head through tonight and into the day tomorrow with all the watches, warnings, and advisories, we'll update you on those and talk about the snowfall amounts. The bigger hazard still, I don't think we're going to see feet of snow anywhere in southern Wisconsin. The biggest hazard will be the very strong winds that develop even through Thursday and into the day Friday, blowing, drifting, and very, very cold, dangerous wind chills coming our way. I'll have forecast details right after this. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFin Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Well, I'm encouraged by your comments about snow. I mean, the wind chills, that's going to be a rascal to deal with uh, as far as layers, but I'm at least encouraged that I'm not going to be up to my hips in snow while I'm fighting the wind. Well, that's about it. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a low that's going to push a little further south than anticipated. Good move from Nebraska to Iowa, then into Illinois, down towards central Indiana as we head toward Friday. There's a winter weather advisory in eastern and southern Wisconsin, 6 p.m. tonight till 6 p.m. tomorrow. 
and then a winter storm watch follows that up through 6 a.m. Saturday. Winter storm warning at La Crosse and Mauston, 6 p.m. today to 6 a.m. Saturday. The heaviest snow will be from La Crosse to Mauston up into central Wisconsin. That could be somewhere in a 4- to 8-inch range, eastern and southern Wisconsin. We could very well be talking about two to four, maybe a little heavier into the central part of the state. Clouds roll in more today, and I expect upper teens and low 20s for highs. North winds five to 10 become southeast. It's overnight that clouds and snow develop for all of us. Temperatures rising in the east could even push up into the mid-20s, a little cooler in the teens west. Southeast and south winds at 5 to 10. Cloudy, windy with snow tomorrow. Falling temps again back down towards zero. Northwest winds 10 to 20, gusting near 30. And it's Friday, Pam, mostly cloudy, windy. A little light snow lingers both Thursday and Friday. Uh, maybe just above zero or right there Friday with the west winds at 15 to 30, gusting to 45. Mm, wow. Not quite that windy on Saturday, but, you know, single digits for highs. Very chilly. All right. We'll get more of an update tomorrow, I'm sure. Stu Muck with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Visit Compure.com to find out more. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center, with a get fix, get done, to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the bright star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the bright star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. You would never overpay for something if you knew you could get the product for much less elsewhere. Much like you wouldn't pay $6 a gallon for gas if the pump down the street was charging the fair market price of $4, would you? So why pay more than MSRP on your next Chevy truck? Bergstrom Chevrolet is a local, family-owned company that values your dollar as much as you do, so you never pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price. And Bergstrom has the inventory to fill your fleet or fix you up with the truck that's going to pull your toys. So go ahead, shop around, and compare that final cost. If the guys down the street are blowing smoke up your tailpipe, jacking up the price on their Chevy trucks stop by bergstrom chevrolet where you never get charged over msrp this looks like a car 
Ass tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% .9 of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When you need accurate insights to make informed decisions on your dairy, you need Affy Milk. With Affy Milk, you can know what's happening with your cows, when there's a problem, and when used with Affy Farm herd management software, they can even help identify what the problem is, which helps you manage it quicker. From analyzing components to finding sick cows, rely on Affy Milk solutions to help you increase performance and profitability. Learn more at affymilk.com. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Neil Armstrong or Louis Armstrong? Roberto Clemente or Walter Cronkite? Rosa Parks or Sally Ride? You're the right age to do something you can be remembered for. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, any age is the right age to donate the gift of life. Learn how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. What do you think of this little win here for the Green Bay Packers? And what do you think happens with the final three games on the schedule? you got the Dolphins on Christmas, and then at home, the Vikings and the Lions. I think the Rams think. Really I, th bad I think you're right. <laughs> and, years. hey, hey, it is hard to win in this league that is by the Chiefs and the Cowboys almost losing to the Houston Texans in back-to-back -back weeks. Like, it is hard to beat even bad teams that – so, like, I, I do give the Packers credit. Don't get me wrong. They look rejuvenated off of a bye. That seemed to really help. It was nice to have Cobb and Dobbs back. Um, but that Rams team stinks. It is the first step, though. Like, if the Packers want to win out, you got to win the first one. So That's right, Grant. The first step. Other than that, I don't know. It was a great game to watch at Lambeau. It looked beautiful. It was under the lights. It was Buck and Aikman back on the call for a Packers game. So, I, I did really enjoy it. But yeah. I don't know how much you can take away from it. Are your pronouns still America's booth? <laughs> no, this week I'm trying to learn the hand signals for America's booth. Yeah, did you uh, run it that big time? It. Did you run it that big time on the Wisco Sports Show to kind of chastise Rogers for, you know, being successful? Funny, I role-played with Vagabond John yesterday exactly how this call was going to go, and it was it was very similar to how it's gone so far. <laughs> Is it? No. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you could prepare, prepare for it. Article... Very well, like a very small portion of that article was about hand symbols. That was the part that got picked up. 
Like there was so much in that article. The article, the point of the article was why rookies tend to start slow in Green Bay, and it was really interesting. That was part of. Did it. they ask Christian Watson? Well, I mean, can you blame current players for not wanting to get involved in a story in the middle of a season? Like, I don't know. Well, it I mean, former ones were that are you know still in the middle of the season. They're not on the pat like they're not in the situation. I mean, Romeo Dobbs looked pretty good in his return. Christian Watson, what is it, eight touchdowns now, seven receiving? He's pretty good. They're, rookie, they're, they're rookies, those, right? Those those are, are, they're rookies, they're, right? They're picking it up. Picking it up. They're, those are good wide receivers. Okay. Well, Chris, the nice thing about Christian Watson is he only has to catch, like, Christian Watson is so big and fast. He doesn't really have to, like, be 100% in the loop. Like, if he just gets most of the signals, and catches most of the balls, he's still going to be really good because he's that damn fast. He'll just he'll take it and run. Like, that's what we've seen him do a couple of times. So. Grant, do the like, Packers... I think his, his margin for error is a little bit bigger, I think. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports are joining us right now. Grant, two questions for you. Do the Packers win on uh, Christmas, a Christmas miracle in Miami? And also, mm, after the season, depending, no matter what happens, playoffs or not, does Joel Barry get fired? I feel like he has. I think they should get an entire new defensive staff. I don't think it's just Joe Barry. I think it's everybody. I think there's so many holdovers from Mike Pettin. Nobody can tackle. The form isn't good. Like, I don't know. They just need they need a whole new defensive staff. So, yes, but even I am very willing to admit it's not just Joe Barry. Like, a bunch of players have regressed this year, and there's, there's issues just have coordinators. So, yes, they should fire Joe Barry just because they should improve their football team. The Miami game, so... Great bills. Okay, everyone in everyone in the studio. I am more confident about this than I am about anything. Something weird is going to happen in this game. Yes. I don't know what it is. Yes. There's going to be some weird special teams play. There's going to be some weird rule that gets called into action that nobody knew about or nobody thought about it. Something weird is going to happen in this game. This game just smells weird to me. The Dolphins actually, I thought, looked pretty good in Buffalo last Saturday. And I, like, I don't know if you guys talked about the, the Saturday game. With the World Cup and with the Packers and with the Sunday games, it feels like they happened weeks ago. But I was actually really impressed. I know the Dolphins lost, but that was a grown man performance from Tua and from Tyreek Hill. And I, I don't know. The Dolphins are not the Rams in that the Dolphins actually have weapons and a functioning cornerback and a passable offensive line. So the Rams stink. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to beat the Dolphins. I think this is a good step. They look rejuvenated after the bye, but something weird is going to happen in this game. That do makes it interesting. Do you believe in Christmas miracles? I do believe in miracles. I believe that magical things can happen on Christmas, Evo. So I'm with you there. I love it. Grant, um, real quick, the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, Giannis Dendekumbo, Brooke Lopez linking up. Uh, what a game from both of them. The Greek freak, what, 42 points, Brooke Lopez, 30. It was an ass shellacking last night of the New Orleans Pelicans. How are we feeling about our Milwaukee Bucks now, as who are also going to be playing on Christmas? How are we feeling about the deer? So they got blown out by the Grizzlies bad. By the way, number one in the uh, Eastern Conference now and best record yeah, in the Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they got rocked by the Grizzlies last week. And since then, they have blown out the Jazz at home. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and everybody's going to want to listen up to weather details. I think they're going to be changing pretty dramatically in the next 24 hours' time. Cloudy skies on the way today. 24 are expected high. Use today to make sure that you're going to be safe 
come Thursday and Friday because we will see sub-zero temperatures moving in tonight into tomorrow morning with, uh, like I said, minus 6 by Thursday, minus 5 on Friday, minus 6 on Saturday, and that's not with wind chills. So again, like I said, some dangerous weather coming up. Please get yourself prepared today. I'm PM Yankee. Glad you're along with us. Let's put a little brighter spin on what's happening with uh, our Wednesday morning, shall we? So today is the 21st day of December. On this day in 1879, fire destroyed the Philip Brewing Company's malt house. It was in Milwaukee. It destroyed the grain elevators and the office building back on this day, 1879. On this day in 1937, Snow White and the Snow Seven Dwarfs were released. The movie made by Walt Disney was the first full-length animated feature film, and it was based on a German fairy tale. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs released on this day back in 1937. On this day in 1988, the terrible Lockerbie bombing occurred. A bomb exploded on a Pan Am flight, number 103, on its way from Frankfurt, Germany, to Detroit, bringing an awful lot of people home for the holidays. That happened on this day back in 1988. Happy birthday to actress Jane Fonda. She's 85. Samuel L. Jackson, he's 74. And comedian Ray Romano, he is 65 years young. And now you know. It's a Wednesday. That means it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Group, S-T-E-F-F-E-S Group.com. Ashley Hewen joining us as we get ready to kind of make our way toward the end of the calendar year. And, you know, I know this is a time of year when businesses and individuals like to take a look back, back at what they got done in the calendar year and also maybe talk a little bit about where they're going in the new calendar year. You know, Ashley, it's really interesting. I see on the steffesgroup.com website, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com, you've got your winter market update. And included in that winter market update, a little perspective. Uh, You know, anybody that's been in agriculture or business, for that matter, knows that cycles can change. You guys witnessed that. Uh, I mean, to think about what your business was looking like six, seven years ago versus where it is in 2022, uh, it really could spin your head, quite honestly. Yeah, really. You know, we've made some significant jumps in number of auctions and and total volume and that kind of thing. And we're always adding good people. Of course, we're always looking, you know, just uh, just for what's going on in 2022. We did 667 auction events this year compared to 625 last year. So the number of auction events are up. Um, this one really gets me. This last year, over 1.9 million people spent an average of six minutes and 39 seconds on our website. Wow. That's just really hard to get your head wrapped around. It is. Just to give people a little perspective, normally people spend less than three minutes on a site. So when you talk about more than doubling that engagement time, that that just tells you how good that steffesgroup.com website is, Ashley. Well, true, and people people like to browse, you know, and it's it's no different than uh, people that may like to go to a shopping mall. Well, at Steffes Group, uh, boy, you can just find all kinds of farm equipment and trucks and construction on there and do your own shopping. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, uh, we know that uh, the Steffes Group, the the velocity of their auctions, it's tied to a lot of things we don't necessarily know about 2023, commodity prices, maybe weather, et cetera. But, boy, the auction is a tried-and-true mechanism for transacting business, Ashley. That goes back beyond you and I. 
Yeah, it really does. You know, and we always talk about our leading indicators. Commodity prices are number one, you know, followed by interest rates and, and production. But, you know, prices have been good for the last couple of years here. We see that continuing, uh, but we don't know where, say, the interest rates are going to end up. And, you know, not too many weather events this year as far as production goes, but, you know, everyone can place their bets at this point at all the meetings that will be coming this winter. Yeah, right. And, you know, the other thing that we have to uh, really remind ourselves, it wasn't too long ago before face-to-face auctions were not being allowed. People were not interested in coming in for group activities. Uh, the Steffes Group managed their way through the pandemic and still kept business going. You know, that was the thing people seemed to forget. Farmers needed to keep on farming, and really, you guys in that online tool helped that to continue moving forward. Yeah, it really did. You know, our online platform is so easy to use. That's the feedback we get, and hopefully that never, ever changes, and that's one thing we pride ourselves on. And just just being able to sign up only takes five minutes, and you're, you're going and bidding. That is one of our advantages through Stephas. And then having that, that ease of no matter where you are, whether it's a mobile device or, or a, a real computer, because we see it all the time. We'll have a live auction somewhere, and it's, it's done, and people are having their sandwich afterwards, and the neighbor comes over and says, well, I bought that online. I'm here to pay. Yeah. <laughs> you <Jeez>. know, <laughs> it was just too cold that day or whatever the reason is. But, you know, at Stephas, we have three semis with trailers. That's our mobile office. When we do a live auction, it comes right out to your farm, and that's what we work out of. Absolutely. And remember, it's not just about equipment, although that's definitely one of their strong points. Uh, real estate, uh, buildings, all of it, Ashley, you guys, you're not knocking anybody out based on what they want to sell. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got people in our company that specialize in each of those areas, whether it's cattle, equipment, construction. We've got a guy that just does semi-trucks and knows everything there is to know about them. And, and so we, we never, we're never ending up in a position selling something we don't know anything about because you got to know about what you're selling so you can tell people the truth, what kind of shape it's in, what kind of life it had. Those are all things buyers need to know. Absolutely. Folks, if you want to see that winter market update, you can tap into it online, stephesgroup.com, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group. Com. And if you're thinking about uh, trying an auction in 2023, no better time than to start the conversation today. Call the folks at the Steffes Group, 800-726-8609. Believe me, they recognize, although they've got a fantastic uh, base of people that are, are online and shopping, they also know that for many people that face-to-face touch is exactly what they need. 800-726-8609 or steffesgroup.com can get you connected. Ashley Hewn along with us from the Steffes Group. Very quiet with the markets this morning in Chicago. Right now, March corn's unchanged, 652. December corn unchanged, 596. January beans up 3, 1481. November beans unchanged, 1389. March wheat's up 2 at 752. July new crop up 2, 763 uh, bushel. Dairy suffered a little bit yesterday in Chicago as far as product prices. Barrel cheese was down 8. 165 and a half. 40 pound black cheese was unchanged at $2. Double A butter dropped another dime to $2.60 a pound. This morning, January milk is up six at $18.79 a hundredweight. February closed 35 cents lower at $18.52 a hundredweight. Up next, an end of the year wrap up with our friends from the Wisconsin Beef Checkoff, Tammy Vossen, joining us in studio coming up. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You wear the same size, you do the same workout, yet her butt is high and tight. And let's face it, she's smoking hot. While you're just another sweaty Betty, what you don't know is while you're putting in extra time grunting it out at the gym, she is relaxing poolside. And why? Because she comes to Carbon World Health for FDA-approved M-Sculpt treatments. Her butt is a work of art because this technology is state-of-the-art. CarbonWorldHealth.com That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's time again for Checkoff Chat, a program brought to you courtesy of our beef and dairy producers and executed by the Wisconsin Beef Council. This is all about what's happening with your beef checkoff dollars, research, promotion, and education, and by our friends at the Equity Livestock Association. Don't forget, you're wanting the best uh, price for all of your livestock. Check in first with the Equity Co-op. Go to equitycoop.com. In studio with us now is uh, the executive director of the Wisconsin Beef Council, and that is our own Tammy Vossen. We're at the end of the calendar year. It's always wise to take a look back at what you got done, what you still have left to work on. And when it comes to our U.S. meat exports, there's always work to be done. There's always good stories that we can share. Tammy, Wisconsin has gotten very engaged in the international movement of meat and what it can mean to our Wisconsin beef producers. Well, we certainly have, Pam, and over the last 10-plus years, the Wisconsin Beef Council has been partnering with the U.S. Meat Export Federation with some of our checkoff dollars that are invested, of course, by our producers here across the state of Wisconsin. And the goal of that is is knowing that we've got 90%, 90, over 90% of the global population resides outside of our U.S. borders. And we also have foreign consumers who are growing in that middle-class status. And when they have that opportunity to have a few extra dollars in their pocket, they start looking to 
higher quality protein. And U.S. beef, of course, really fits into those dietary needs. We've talked in the past about uh, trade missions that our Wisconsin beef producers have been involved with to see that story face-to-face, share their practices. Now, in 2023, you've got some exciting news in cooperation with the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Well, we certainly do. We are fortunate to have received one of the Ag Export Expansion Grants that were offered here in Wisconsin through our Department of Agriculture. And so we've kind of got actually a a four-pronged approach over the next two years, really, uh, to help educate consumers in foreign markets about the high-quality product that we're raising here in the state of Wisconsin. So just a couple of those approaches that we'll be tackling here in this next year. Number one is we've got a, a video called Wisconsin Way that really is a, is a baseline education for a consumer about how beef is raised in our state. It talks about the diversity of Wisconsin beef production, how it may come from dairy breeds, but also our native beef breeds. And then it, of course, covers the true dedication of our farmers day in and day out to care for the animals, the environment, um, how they're working on practices to become more and more sustainable every day. And then tying back into that, the, the family values of beef production and how you've got multiple generations um, on our farms here. Long way to come around the back door. We are actually in the process of having that video translated into four different languages right now. So Chinese, um, Japanese, Arabic, and Spanish. So that will allow our partners, be it the U.S. Meat Export Federation, Department of Agriculture, some of our current um, processors who are exporting beef, to share the story about how our product is raised here. And we found out by visiting with some of those buyers and going to some of their trade shows, that story really resonates with them. It's something that many of them completely clueless about. They don't know much about Wisconsin, maybe a dot on the map. So bringing those stories, bringing those faces to those not only consumers but buyers uh, pays dividends. Now, you mentioned that's just kind of the first step of how you're planning for the execution of these monies. What else are you thinking about, Tammy? Yeah, so this next year, a couple of other areas that we're currently working through right now. One would be to provide an educational program for our mid-sized meat processors in our state. So we're currently in conversation with the Wisconsin Association of Meat Processors to see about offering an educational program um, either at their convention or at some other time throughout 2023 that we could help them understand what it takes to export. We know we've had a lot of investment or coming investments into our meat processing community here here across the state. So how can we leverage that and provide them with more markets to explore as well? And then um, we'll also be bringing a trade group to Wisconsin uh, probably next spring to, again, give them that deeper dive into how our product is raised, let them really talk to our beef farmers here in the state, and then, of course, um, 
through partnership with our processors, you know, showcase the high quality product that is available for them to import into those countries. Well, and the other thing I always like to point out when it comes to our international partnership, and again, Tammy Voss in studio with us, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Beef Council, is that what we think of as high value cuts in our lives may not be the high value cuts some of our international customers are looking for. And that in turn pays dividends to our Wisconsin beef producers. Yeah, it really does. And I actually looked this up before I came in this morning, Pam. And um, some of the statistics that we have is, you know, per head, if um, Japan is our number one market for beef tongues. And so on a per head basis, we're adding 12 it, they're they're paying twelve dollars and twenty cents a pound for a beef tongue, uh, and and so we've got all of those other variety meats um, from from tripe to you know even some of our our um, cuts like the skirt steak and others that are really seeing a lot of movement and demand in those foreign markets that you and I aren't going to be serving those here for Christmas dinner. But those families, um, that those are delicacies in their countries, and so they're willing to pay that extra dollar uh, over what what we would receive if it were to stay here in the U.S. And again, just another example of how your beef checkoff dollars are working for you, returning that uh, money back to you as your investment. Again, uh, if you want to find out more about any of this, or I'm sure those videos will be posted, go to beeftips.com. Also a wonderful place to take a look at fantastic recipes. If you want to hear the story of how beef is raised, it's all right there, beeftips.com, or on social media, Wisconsin Beef Council. Happy to be a part of your conversation. And like I said, I don't want people thinking, Tammy, that 2023 is suddenly a new year as far as direction. How many years have you guys been working in Central America, uh, going down there, bringing them up here? That's just one example of how Wisconsin has tried to take a lead in starting those conversations. Yeah, I've been looking back at that, and it has been more than tw- uh, 10 years, more than 10 years that Wisconsin Beef Council has been partnering with USMEF and really having that focus on Central America. Um, and over the last 10 years, We've also had um, trade deals that have been implemented where it has really brought those duties of our U.S. beef going into those countries basically down to zero. So that captures value um, for our product in those countries. Um, And again, it has resulted in a 22% increase in beef, um, U.S. beef going to Central America. And that, again, is another perfect example of your beef checkoff dollars at work. Again, Tammy Boston in studio with us laying out some of the goals that they've got for some of that grant money that they've received uh, through our Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection, to try to move your product from our borders to markets beyond U.S. borders. Exciting time to see how, as people's earned incomes or available cash goes up in other areas of the world, they turn to the U.S. for beef. Find out more about how your beef checkoff dollars are being spent. And remember, dairy producers, that involves you too. Go to beeftips.com or Wisconsin Beef Council on social media. Tammy Vossen in studio with us. Checkoff chats again brought to you courtesy of your beef checkoff dollars and our partnership with Equity Cooperative Livestock. Remember, for all the value in the meat and milk and dairy that you produce, uh, check out what's going on with Equity Co-op and find your best market price there. Equity Co-op.